The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is all first party in my book, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this fine Halloween evening? I'm good. I'm good. We just got back from our own trick-or-treating adventure with the kiddo. So I'm doing well overall. It was a rough uh, journey to get to where we got to, but uh, that's parenting life. So we yeah. get there. <laughs> so how many other trick-or-treaters and things did you see while you were out and about? Was uh, it a busy evening? Yeah, so it's kind of funny. So where we live, we don't get any trick-or-treaters anymore. When I was a kid, this mm-hmm. is where I would trick-or-treat, and we would. it was just kind of the thing. Um. But, you know, we're in the city and sometimes that changes depending on the demographics of the city. Right. Uh, unfortunately. Sure. So we went out and we drove out to my brother's house. Out and he lives in like a like a small city slash town. And mm-hmm. he lives in a cul-de-sac. So, you know, we went out there early for uh, early dinner. And then we had a bunch of kids with us and wagons. And we walked around and I don't know, we probably passed by a couple hundred people. Which is pretty cool. Everyone Dang. was nice. That is and cool. They had cops like they have they had cops outside the cul-de-sacs, like the entrance, so people weren't like driving crazy fast because people were just in the roads mm. and stuff. We did see a lady get stopped by a, a cop on a motorcycle because she was had an open can uh, while they were oh. walking around. We we put our stuff in uh, coffee mugs, so <laughs> that didn't happen to us. <laughs> But yeah, you know, uh, every once we, in a while that happens. Yeah, that definitely is a thing. <laughs> so how many houses would you say you went to? Ooh, how many houses did, you, did we hit? 20? 20, 20 to 30 houses. Okay. I always wonder, because as someone who obviously doesn't have kids, but, you know, gives out candy, yeah. which is always kind of, I had this realization last night that since our town does it where they set trick-or-treating hours and our hours were actually yesterday so saturday night i I find it odd that like really halloween is an opportunity for people without kids to give candy to parents and kids yes right like nobody who has kids like stays home to hand out candy yeah i was thinking about that while we were walking i think in this like neighborhood i think the rule is you kind of have to pick one parent to stay home um, gotcha. that, okay. because we went to a few houses that were out of candy because they just had buckets outside that said, please take one. And you know that right. that did not happen. Nobody does that. <laughs> it was yeah. nice, though, that uh, the Patriots game was at four o'clock. So we went to at least half of the houses we went to. People were outside with a projector on with the game on. 
So oh, it was good. easy to keep track of the game also while we were uh, trick-or-treating. The, our, Because I just think about <laughs> in my neighborhood, just knowing like the homes that have kids, I was like, those homes did not have lights on outside. Yeah, some, we didn't go to the I houses am. with lights off. <laughs> right. And here I am giving candy to a whole bunch of kids. But I and I I like it, so I don't care. But I just really had that realization. I was like, man, if you ha- if you have kids, like you don't have to give out candy at all. We had a town, a house in our town, who was advertising for trick or treating and encouraging people to come to their house. And their advertisement mentioned that they were giving out full size candy bars for the kids <laughs> and Jello shots for the adults. Oh, that would have been nice. That would have been great. <laughs> no, that was not an option for where we were, but that sounds good. Yeah, I don't really know if that technically should be an option. As long as you you're know? walking. Sure, sure. Not driving. Just saying, like, <laughs> how do you, like, are you going to be checking IDs? No, I think you probably have to figure it by the look of the person. If you look too young, right. no jello shots for you. Because <laughs> I had some people who I was like, okay, are you an older sibling out with like your like that? I couldn't tell. I'm like, I have no idea how old you are, and you have a kid who is walking around here trick or treating. You could so, ID them. I'm yeah. sure they wouldn't mind. It's true. I just don't be want to safe get into than that sorry. Business, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't do that myself, but um, I appreciate the people who do it. <laughs> who are willing to risk it and yeah. do that? So for the yeah. greater I, good. I did have one. <laughs> I was to say I did have one kid though who you know most of the kids were really nice, really polite for the most part. Um, I did have one kid who came, and he was dressed up as Andy uh, or as Woody, excuse me, from Toy Story. Yeah, and and he comes up, and we always kind of have like two types, like or two like buckets. We have like the chocolate bucket that is like chocolate things with chocolate, things with peanuts, things like that are contaminated per se, and then just like the sugar bucket of like things that are just <laughs> sugar of some sort. Yeah. Um, and we had the like really big, um. Sour Patch Kids, where it's just like one huge one, like in the packet. Oh yeah, and he like started going through and like taking every single blue one in the bucket. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I want these. I'm like, that's too bad. You can't have all of them. Like, you're a sheriff. This is against the law. Like, no. And he's like, no, but I want them. I'm like, where's your parents? Like, here I am, like telling this kid, I'm like, you can't take like 20 of these things, you know? And he just kept going. I was like, what? What do I do in this situation? Like. How do you be mean to a kid? You know, be like, stop uh, taking so much candy. Yeah, I don't. But. Yeah, you don't. You just follow them to their parents. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, most common costume, definitely Spider-Man. Okay. Lots of Spider-Man, but but both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Oh, nice. But also a lot of Spider-Gwen. Really? Yes, I was like, it's the whole spider family. I know. I was pretty impressed. Like, by far, that was the most common costume. I had one kid who dressed up as one of the toys from Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. And I was like, hey, is your costume like Five Nights at Freddy's? He's like, yes, it's Five Nights at Freddy's 2. And then he named the character from it. And I'm like, okay, that much I don't know. I'm just impressed that I got it right that it was Five Nights (laughs) at Freddy's. He's like, yeah, you're the only person who's gotten it right so far. I'm like, well, I'll take that to the bank as a win so yeah nice yeah there's a new kids spider-man kids show that has on disney plus that has spider-man miles morales and ghost spider as they call her they don't call her spider gwen Um, oh gotcha and it has like a kid's version of green goblin and a kid's version of rhino 
Uh, oh, it's really? actually pretty cute. My son likes it. Yeah, they have some toys out for it, too. Maybe that explains why so many people were that. But yeah, I was really surprised. Like, Spider-Man everywhere. So, I was trying to think. I don't know that I had any super, super, super creative costumes. Uh, but not too many just straight video game characters. Of the ones who are straight video game characters, like I talked about the Five Nights at Freddy's one, uh, Minecraft Steve is still the most common, and there's yeah. only like two of those. <laughs> but there was only like two of those, and there was one kid who was dressed up as Master Chief, and that was it. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so I was I was surprised. I thought there'd be a little more of that, but not quite. The Master Chief kid, though, was super excited when I knew he was Master Chief, so... <laughs> And the easiest costume to recognize. <laughs> I know. Well, apparently, apparently, other people were struggling. So. Yeah. But awesome, cool. Hey, uh, for our pregame, even though that probably seemed like our pregame, uh, you know, Josh, I started started watching Ted Lasso, which is not oh, gonna be my recommendation. Th- I this still want to watch because that. I haven't finished it. Um. Uh. But th- so this comes from Ted Lasso. So I guess spoilers. Uh. But Josh, for our pregame this week, first concert, best concert. Uh, is that first concert, best concert, question mark, or is it first concert and best concert? First concert, best concert, question mark. So what is your first concert ever and what is your best concert ever? First concert ever is New Kids on the Block at the Centrum Center in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, when was that? Uh, well, let me see if I can deduce New Kids on the Block. Centrum. I will say something because we're not getting into games yet, but there was a moment when Hanging Tough popped up in a video game I'm playing and it blew my mind. <laughs> uh, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know what uh, you're talking about. <laughs> I wonder if there's a way. Okay, 1989. December thirty wow. first, nineteen eighty nine. So you were there for New Year's Eve, hanging out with new kids on the block. Yeah, I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> was I'm assuming did your parents bring you to this? Like, how did you go to this concert uh, when you were eight? A friend of mine, her name is Hillary. Her family uh, surprised all of us. They didn't tell us where we were going. They just told us like, get up. And we're going out, and it was late. It was like 8 o'clock, so we thought it was bedtime, but it was past bedtime. 7 o'clock, maybe. Yeah. Um, And it was me, her, and I can't remember if it was the rest of our family or other kids from our grade that they took with us. But, yeah, I don't remember who opened for them, if anybody. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, that was my first ever concert concert. Dang. Uh, yeah. Who is your favorite member of New Kids on the Block? Oh, I don't remember them now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Joey McIntyre, probably. I don't know. Oh, I like I, I like thought, New Kids on I the Block you... then because all the girls in my grade like New Kids on the Block. <laughs> I totally thought you were going to go with, you know, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg, yeah, the local. They're all local boys, so it's not like yeah, one's right. more local than the other. <laughs> Uh, best concert? That's a tough one. Um, I'm inclined to say Oasis. And it probably is o- Oasis. Um, okay. Although I've seen very, I've seen a lot of concerts that probably rival that, but I think 
if I'm going to take my fandom plus expectation and reality, I think Oasis checks all the boxes. Okay. Um, I've seen a lot of bands live, a lot. Um, yeah. I've seen a lot of good bands live, and uh, they don't always deliver uh, for live performances, which is fine. I can appreciate the, how difficult it is to perform live versus record in the studio. Right. But I mean, I've seen bands like Metallica and Megadeth and um, Trans Siberian Orchestra and Lindsey Sterling and Evanescence and all these huge giant bands I've seen live. And I don't know that growing up with my dad teaching me about the Beatles and learning about the Beatles, I don't know that I've ever gotten closer than I have to an epic concert like I did with Oasis. Like, a band that really like they covered like I'm the Walrus on the sh- at the concert. My dad was there mm-hmm. with me, so it was even it was right. a special moment. Um, so I think it, for the time and how big of an Oasis fan I was to the point where, um, we would do contests at my cousin's house where we would put the CD in his CD player, and he would only it play ten up. seconds of a track, and I would have to guess which track it was, and I would nail it a hundred percent. Yeah. I think that was like a big, big, big show for me. So I, I guess I would put that as best concert. Awesome. Uh, first concert for me was a was in 1998 or 90, 97 or 98. Um, so I was, you know, in high school. Um, but it was the cold as a word we can't say on this podcast tour. Um, it was a winter tour that was happening. Uh, <laughs> and it was um, DJ Spooky. Redman, whoa! Uh, so- soul coughing and Everclear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that was wow. The first what a weird lineup, <laughs> right? I know, super super weird. So that was the first concert I ever went to, uh, and it was really fun. It was a good time. You know, it was it was a really eclectic mix of music, um, especially because at the time Redman was oh, what the heck was the name of that one song that Redman was really really known for. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm blanking. I on don't it, know, but I know song I would, titles. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Tr- I am trying to remember what it was, but it was at the time when Redman was really just kind of. Um, I don't want to say he was getting his mainstream success because he definitely had had um, been you know in things and people had known of him but it was when he really really started getting his mainstream success he started being in movies like right at that time um was when he kind of was coming into his own but apparently like i don't know about like maybe his rap music career but (laughs) he sang like the same song like three times in his set (laughs) like because i don't just don't know like whatever the situation was but it was very very weird because he started it with it and i was like well this is a song like everyone knows this is really odd and then he did it in the middle and then he did it at the end so you know no big deal just like doing his his same music you know multiple times so that was my first concert it was really really good um and kind of like you josh i've actually seen a ton of like histor i've been to a ton of concerts uh especially in my college years and, and directly after that i went to concerts like almost every week um and I've been fortunate that I also kind of worked at a venue for a while, so I was able to see some really, really big acts, but, like, from a work perspective, so that just didn't quite feel the same, because I saw, like, the Rolling Stones and things like that. Uh, and I've been to, like, in attendance at some, at you know, I saw the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and, you know, just these 
seminal bands that are, are generational talents. But for me, just from a music that is most important and influential to me because of my age and, and my upbringing, like for me, it's still my best concert is um, Unified Theory Live and Counting Crows. Yeah, that's a good one. And basically, like Unified Theory opened, and then Live and Counting Crows each played a full 90 minute headlining set. And then wow. they played together for another 40 minutes afterwards. So it was like almost a four hour concert, four and a half, actually like a five hour concert, including set changes. Uh, and it was just, it was ridiculous. It was probably like I was exhausted by the end and then I saw the drive home. It was a really, really good time. So for me, still my best concert to this to date um, were those three bands. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Hey, I know you are scheduled to go to another concert in December, right? Yes, uh, Evanescence and Hailstorm. Is is that going to happen? I know that your previous concert you decided not <laughs> yeah. to go to. Do you think you're going to go to Evanescence and Hailstorm? Well, whether I go or not, it is going to happen. It just means my wife will go with my mother-in-law. Um, I want oh, to say gosh, I want okay. to say yes, um, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how my brain works. Apparently, I thought I did know how my brain works. Um, but I don't. So we'll see how many panic attacks I have <laughs> leading up to that show. I would love to. It's been a, it's been a long time since I've seen Evanescence in concert. I've never seen Hailstorm, and I love Lizzie mm-hmm. Hale. Um, yeah, reminds me of like a current day Pat Benatar. So I'm I'm excited to go. I just don't know if it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't like I. I always I don't usually tend to like when people do this, but this is just the way I feel. I don't like Hailstorm's most recent stuff all that much. Like their old stuff, I really like, but I I have not been as big of a fan of, of their recent stuff. But I would still very much like to see them at concert. Uh, there's a concert kind of closest to me, uh, December 18th, which is like 90s suburban white kid concert uh, of Collective Soul, better than Ezra and Tonic. Oh, that I love Collective Soul so much. Right, I, I would know. go just so for them. I am, I am, I am strongly considering going, uh, but I, I don't know. It's like December 18th and whether or not I'm going to go to a concert in December, especially just since I have to drive <laughs> like four hours to get there in, you know, upper Midwest in December. Yeah. Who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah. So, but awesome. All right. So, hey, enough of the music talk for this week. Thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG, just like Edwin Kahlo, AJ Pentecost, Chris M., Devin Tyus, Joe Wilson, Josh Barboni, Nick Creature, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calicote, RJ Kern, Stephen Keller, Zach Adams, Michael Taylor, Trucker Sloth, and of course, Horse Girl 69 But the most important thing is just that you listen. And maybe share our show with someone who you think will enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, what have you been playing recently? Well, you know, I've been toying around with the Oculus a little bit more, but I don't know that I have... A game I spent enough time with to talk about it. I'm kind of just figuring out uh, what I want to purchase next. Um, I also need to make time to VR because it actually is like 
you it's not just sitting down and holding in the power button on a controller to play. You actually right. have to make space and have the time. So I'm like struggling with making time for my investment, <laughs> which I want to do. Yeah. And I was talking to my brother about it tonight because he wants one too. So I think I'm going to try to get it mine out to him in the next couple of weeks so he can try it out because um, he wants one for Christmas. So uh, well, it's and- more of an event thing, I think. Yeah, they had all, you know, how we had talked last week when you had mentioned having one now. I had said, like, well, I don't know if I really want one. I don't know about the whole Facebook integration. And now they came out and said, no, that, hey, gone. in the future, like, that's not going <laughs> to be, become a thing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shoot, maybe I would get one. But then I just thought about exactly what you said, how much of a challenge I have just to sit down and play games as it is right now. Yeah. And would be adding another platform be the best idea right now? You know, and I just, I want to, but I just don't know how much I'd actually be able to play it yeah i mean for me my biggest obstacle is a, a child um because yeah. i can't play it anytime earlier than 7 p.m <laughs> so even on weekends so uh that is the bigger challenge for me uh, i think I it probably would still it would still be a challenge for you but i think it, it would probably be a little bit easier for you to to get it working <laughs> Yeah, I for me it's not so much of like I have the space like that wouldn't be too yeah. bad. It's just the the time making the me. time for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when you said you know my biggest obstacle as a child, I'm like yeah, you got to make sure you don't whack him in the head. Oh with those, yes, also with well, those actually, <laughs> technically my biggest obstacle is a cat because at least my child knows not to go near me. The cat does not know that. Yeah, uh, she just keeps thinking I'm in her space, so she sits down right in front of my feet <laughs> while I'm doing it. Uh, I will say um, I did super hot and I was very alarmed at how close they put the bad guys to your face in that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, it took me back a little bit when I noticed how close they put this giant red person in front of me that I was supposed to punch or seeing bullets well, come at me and not being punch. able to get out of the way. <laughs> yes. Um, that was a bit. I just did the demo for that. That was a bit challenging. Um, uh, so I've been playing Age of Empires 4, which has just launched on Game Pass recently. Uh, what do I want to say about this? It's Age of Empires, but it's so good looking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it looks so good. And it, uh, I will argue that Age of Empires 4 made me realize I need a new keyboard because apparently my... It doesn't use WASDA to move the screen. It uses the up, down, left, right arrows. And apparently apparently oh. my left arrow is messed up. And I'm like, do I have to buy a whole new keyboard because my left arrow doesn't work? <laughs> so I tried cleaning it out. Still didn't work the right way. Oh, no. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I've had this keyboard for a while. I had a good run. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to get a new keyboard just because of that. I might just change the inputs, of course. But uh, Age of Empires 4... Uh, looks great, plays great, has an amazing tutorial, which is always something that you, that I love to see in games, where it really takes you through the major beats of a playthrough of Age of Empires. If you're if you have ever played a World of Warcraft or Starcraft or Command and Conquer or older Age of Empires game, you know how to play this game immediately. But it was nice to have a refresher on creating. Uh, units and hot and like assigning them hotkeys and figuring out what units are better against others and exploring and all these kinds of things. So um, it's great so far. I can't wait to play more. 
Um, very impressed by the graphics. It looks incredible. Uh, I have been playing. Thing, in, oh god, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say just one thing. I think is really interesting about Age of Empires is I I went to my Game Pass on PC and I was like, well, maybe I'll download it. Yeah. And in the recently added section, it's not there. Oh, it wasn't mine. Yeah, like there's a banner for it, but yeah. in the part where it's like, oh. hey, here are all the recently added games, like it's just really? not there. That's weird. Yeah, which I just thought, because that's where I went to look right away, and I was like, why? I thought this game just came out. Why isn't it there? <laughs> yeah. And then I looked up and scrolled over on the banner. I'm like, oh, there's a banner for it here, but yeah, it just wasn't in that area. I just thought that was odd. That's all. Yeah. Kind of like they're pulling a PlayStation. It's like, hey, here's this new game that I just can't find. Find it. <laughs> <laughs> here's this new game. Find it. Uh, uh, speaking of PC, I have been playing Inscription, the game that I have assigned Kyle the homework to play. Uh, I don't know that I want to get too much into it until next week when we inevitably talk about it again. I will say, well, I'll say, what do I want to say about this game? Have you started playing it yet? I have not. I actually was going to play it before the podcast tonight, and then dinner took a little longer than I anticipated. But I will definitely have it played by the time my homework is due next okay. week. Well, I just didn't know what I wanted to say about it. So uh, I'll say this because uh, Kyle hasn't played it yet. I can just tell you what the I game will say, Josh, just real real briefly. Like, yeah, it's blown up. Like, I've seen stuff about it. So you're it welcome has to blown talk up, about huh? it however much you like. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to talk about it as much as you'd like. That's fine. Well, okay. Well, I'll say this. I got to a point in the game that really surprised me. In in fact, um, it surprised me so much. I don't want to say even remotely how because I feel like it would be even be because I don't know. I didn't look into this game um, more than the um, the hour playthrough I watched Alana Pierce play, and that didn't even cover uh, even remotely what I have discovered since playing. But it is a card. Drafting battle game with animals as your cards, and they have um, hit points and defense. Uh, they are recruited with uh, blood or bones to play them onto the board. And it's very unique. It has a meta story to it where you're not just, you're actually a player playing the card game, but you're essentially, I would say, a pr- prisoner uh, to a degree. It has a lot of Hand of Fate vibes, but really separates itself from Hand of Fate in how you play the game. Uh, I don't want to say more. I, I want to talk about it with Kyle next week and see what he thinks. But... um the point that I am at now, uh, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why this is happening, <laughs> but I'm still playing. Uh, and I don't feel mentally prepared, <laughs> but it's happening anyways. Uh, and then lastly, the game I spend most of my time playing uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy on the PlayStation 5. Uh, courtesy of GameShare, this one, this one, Kyle got for us. Uh, and Kyle, I'm happy to say uh, thank you for getting this. I <laughs> no problem. Am kind of blown away. Um, actually, you know what really blows me away is how much they were able to capture 
the feeling of Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, mm-hmm. in this game. Now, also for the people who are so so concerned, like with the Avengers, that your characters don't look like uh, the characters from the movie. Guess what? There's skins that will have movie that has the movie skins. So, yes, uh, yes right is. now I'm rocking a Groot and a Drax. 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy skin. Um, right. So you can still, if you find the suits, make your Guardians look like the movies. They won't sound the same. Uh, although Rocket and Root sound the same. Um, and Drax is similar. Uh, uh, you'll be you'll be okay to get through the game. But uh, I'm really impressed with the combat. I'm impressed with how well... The companion system works. I really thought it was going to be a headache. Um, and until you start unlocking multiple skills for your companions, it's like, hey, I press X to use Groot, and I press X to use his ability. So it's XX, easy. And then once you unlock more of his abilities, they get assigned to different keys. So then you have X to get Rocket, and then X, Square, Triangle, Circle are will be his different abilities. But... Right from the start, they make it pretty easy to learn how to play. So you're fighting, and then you hit L1, hold an L1 to bring up the character menu. You select Groot, and you hit him with X, and then you hit the X again for him to throw a grenade. Pretty easy. L1, XX, done. Back to combat. So I think the combat feels really good. Um, And based off of the trailers we saw for this game before it came out, I can't even articulate... How difficult these gelatinous cubes are compared to what oh we thought. Oh my gosh, they're so annoying. <laughs> compared to how we thought they would be in in like everyone's like, really? You're fighting uh Jello as a as bad guys? And I felt the same way too. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And now I'm like, oh my god, these things suck. <laughs> they're so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's good. I think it's it's a good um uh it's it it like lulls you into a false sense of security before you fight them, uh, which I appreciate. And uh, one uh, final thing I really enjoy about the game is the game does have like um, uh, offset, like hidden uh, resources you can find. But I think what's hilarious is every time you go off the beaten path to find something, Rocket gives you crap about it. And he's like, what are you, Quill, what are you doing? We're all over here. Why are you looking for something that isn't important? And then he'll yell back, it could be important. I don't know. Like, it's just a lot of fun. I think it might be the first game that I've ever played where that characters call you out for looking for right. side stuff. And I, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. So I think the humor stays true to Guardian. So I'm really enjoying that as well. Uh, that is what I've been playing. How about you? Um, really quick for Guardians, what? Oh, how yeah. far are you? Like, what chapter are you in? Chapter, I think I'm on chapter seven now or eight. Okay. I, I just, I'm eight. I can say this without spoilers. I am at nowhere. We're like right at the probably right about the same spot then, because I am as okay. well. So, um, yeah. So I guess just sticking with the Guardians of the Galaxy train. Um, this was a game that. When it was first shown, like a lot of people, I was tepid. I, I thought it looked a little janky. Like I didn't think the animations were super great. Like I was I was a little worried about it. And there are definitely some points in the game where 
things are maybe not quite as polished as they could be. Sure. You know, there are some frame rate hitches here and there. Um, I, there was a point where I got a little stuck on something and it just moved me. Yeah. <laughs> it just moved my Same character. thing. It, like, it automatically like figures out you're stuck. <laughs> yeah. And it just moved me. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I guess maybe I shouldn't have gotten stuck, but <laughs> I'm glad that th- I'm glad there was a resolution to me being stuck that I didn't have to like restart something. Uh, the save system is very, very generous. Overall, like it, it really saves, you know, it's saving often, but I'm really shocked by, and this is going to be a broken record from if you listen to anyone else talk about this game, how in depth the story is in this game. Yeah. Like you like will have this combat situation and then you'll have like a whole chapter of like no combat of just walking around, talking to people, doing stuff, you know, maybe you have some interactions and stuff, but there's really not any combat this part of it. And I really appreciate how quickly the characters' personalities are developed and how you can very clearly understand the relationships between these characters and that this isn't, you know, the James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy, but it is playing off of enough things to make you feel comfortable, but you can tell that it's going in a different direction, at least in some, you know, places. Uh, So I, I really enjoyed my time with it, though I'm a little annoyed about how weak my pistols feel <laughs> yes i agree <laughs> but like um but i i do believe that helps you have to work with com- controlling the other members and directing the other members of what to do i, I yeah. think that's a very critical part of it and then also i don't think this is spoilers but like the elemental damage that comes into that and understanding how that incorporates with everything it makes it much more strategic than it would be because if you just sit there and try to blast things you're going to be shooting things forever. Like it just yeah. takes a real, real long time uh, for as Peter just to kind of shoot things down and, and get stuff down. Um, so overall, I am really impressed with this game. And I, and maybe it was because I didn't have high expectations. Uh, people know that, you know, Uncharted is one of, if not my favorite gaming franchise ever. And a lot of people compare this to like Uncharted or the first Mass Effect, just because the first Mass Effect was so much more linear and you're controlling your, like your party members. Yeah. But this is definitely giving me that you know, third person action story based game that I just love. Uh, and I, I'm really impressed. And there was a part, uh, I don't know if you got it or not, but when you were out in nowhere and you go and talk to Drax, did you have that happen? Uh, be more specific. <laughs> um, so you're in nowhere and then Drax is like, I got to go do something. Okay. And then before you have the fight after that, there's a time you can find him and talk to him. Did I do that? I don't know. Before oh, the bar? Well, if you're talking about before the bar? Before the twins. What? The twins? Yeah. I haven't, I no. haven't seen twins. Did you go into the bar? I mean, I went to the bar and talked to some people. With Rocket? Oh, man. We're having different yes. experiences. Did you run I mean, into I, the guy who bizarre. was part of the star... Um, renegades or whatever they call them, Star Raiders. No. Oh, <laughs> this is blowing my mind. Okay, interesting. Because when you're in nowhere, I guess uh, I guess spoilers. If you don't want to know anything about this game for like the next two minutes, listener. But yeah, because like when you get to nowhere, you like you you know how like eventually you're like by yourself. Yeah. Oh, I ju- okay. Yeah, I just yeah. got to that part where I'm by myself. But before I got oh. to by myself, I ran into the Star Raiders guy. You didn't run into that guy. Maybe I did. He sings. You would remember him. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Now I know what you're talking Thank about. You. Sorry. Jeez. Yes. Okay. I, was, I thought this game was way more in depth than that. 
<laughs> but it really yeah, was. Yeah. Okay, so if you just got to the part where you split up and I you're saved by yourself. it right when we split up, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, Everyone left me alone. <laughs> I, think there, I don't think you have to do this, but there's a time where you can, during that part where you can go talk to Drax, you can find mm-hmm. him after he's like, I got to go do something, and he walks away. Like, you can go find him and talk to him. Okay. Go seek him out. It's worth it. I thought the Mantis thing That's was really cool. The Mantis thing was good, absolutely. So, yeah. But I'm just really enjoying this game. Uh, I know it's, you know, they say 15 hours. I got a, a good amount left to go with it. Uh, I think the Star-Lord music for the, by the band Star-Lord is actually really good. <laughs> like, Yeah. it's They have a, their own spot. They have a record out now. So, I got to figure out who yeah. is in this band. Yeah, I got to check that out. I haven't looked it up yet, but I was going to after the game was over. But I'm really enjoying it. So, uh, yeah, but Guardians of the Galaxy is real, real good. Um, like I said, it's not perfect. There, There is some... You know, it's a little rougher on the edges, but overall, the experience so far has been awesome. I've really enjoyed playing it. And then with that, um, based off of Josh's recommendation last week, I did download and play uh, the week, the the demo of the four hour demo of Riders Republic that was happening. Um, and obviously, the game is now out. Um, I will say that obviously, I I did not enjoy the game enough to buy it. But the only reason was because I had so many other things to play right now. And had I not had a ton of other things that I'm like in progress on, I I would have bought Riders Republic. I'm yeah. really enjoying it. I thought the game was super fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I thought it was fun uh, because I was like, I don't usually like this stuff. But I was having a great time with it. Um, I probably played about two and a half hours of the demo uh, and was having a great time. So if, if that's something you're enjoying um, or, or if you like you know, Steep or SSX or any game like that in the past, uh, I think Riders Republic is definitely worth checking out. It, it is a good time. My guess is the other reason I didn't pick it up is like, I feel like on Black Friday, this is a game that might already be on sale. You know, it's funny that you say that because I'm like, my guess is I'm going to own it before Extra Life next weekend because <laughs> I, I know that. Forza. I know, but I also know that Kevin has it. So I know that I could play. Oh. They, have a, they have a bunch of co-op things in that game. They do. Uh, which could be really cool to play um, cooperatively because as much as I could play Forza for 24 hours straight, I'm sure yeah. people would like to see me stream other than Forza. So um, I'm still considering Riders Republic as a as another fill-in game. So we'll see. We'll see. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, okay. I'm, glad, that, I'm glad to hear that you liked it. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, for me, like I said, the only reason I didn't pick it up was because of how many things are in progress right now but uh they did a great job with that game and i know the tone of it probably i don't know i think it fits the purpose of what they're trying to do it's going to be a tone that's going to really you know turn some people off uh but i, it's I guess very I california I very tony hawk um it's very like west coasty yeah and part of me almost it feels like it's a caricature of that like it's oh, how, they, sure. how people who aren't part of the, that scene feel that scene must be right it's like yeah. them imagining what it's like it's all over the um, top yeah yeah so but like i said gameplay wise really really fun the activities that you do uh and i think honestly the part of the reason i liked it so much and i'm sure it'll get more challenging but even in the initial when i played forza because um, people know in general i don't like racing games uh i did really bad even at the beginning stuff in forza in this game, even though I'm sure it's made as easy as possible, I did well. Like, I did okay. Like, I wasn't in a horrible situation, um, and that immediately was more appealing to me. And again, I know that Forza is an amazing game, just not – I'm not a racing game fan. 
but yeah i think that's for me the big difference of like doing stuff on bikes and skis and snowboards is just more fun to me uh than doing things in cars right so you're a racing fan just not a car racing fan <laughs> i think that might be fair to say i yeah. think that might be fair to say that i don't mind don't races you like Gran i just Turismo? don't like no i don't like Gran oh, okay, Turismo. Okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's when you make jokes about Gran Turismo. You just like my I, like, skepticism about Gran Turismo. <laughs> yeah, like I, I played like t- Gran Turismo like twice, yeah. and I was horrible at it. I was so bad. I was like, it was like one of those things where it's like you're so bad at something that you're it's hard to even see how others could find it yeah. fun. Like that's what I'm like at Gran Turismo, <laughs> yeah. which I'm assuming is the same way I'd be at uh, Forza Motor- Motorsport. It's more just, like I, Motorsport, I, yeah. It's pure simulation. Yeah, yeah. so. Like, I really if like you have to like go halfway on like the joystick like I'm just out like for me it's like center or edge like there's nothing in all between. the way or like nothing yeah. <laughs> exactly so you know and that doesn't really work in those games so but awesome so that's what I've been playing um I did actually just get a new board game that I was hoping to have played Ooh. but it just didn't quite get to the table um but we'll talk about that kind of stuff here more in a little bit so with that Josh what is your first topic this week well, Kyle, we finally have a date for the Skyrim board game. And when I say date, I mean crowdfunding date, not actual release date. <laughs> right. So Elder Scrolls V Skyrim is uh, launching on GameFound, not Kickstarter, on November 2nd. So uh, this being said, it's being published by Modifius Entertainment. It is a one to four player game. It's going to hit GameFound on November 2nd. Um. And I kind of just wanted to, there's some updates here. Uh, I can tell you this, we're starting at a $95 pledge level. Okay, so we know this. 95 bucks, 60 British pounds, or not euros, uh, at this point. But uh, we do know that players will be drawing event cards on their turns that can introduce exciting opportunities, such as gaining a new ally through a test of strength or brand new threats to face. Players will also be able to chain their quest cards together to try for bigger rewards. So this was announced all the way back in February of this year. Uh, They didn't really have more details than that, but we do know it will be split into two uh, separate campaigns, each containing three chapters. Uh, And it's going to provide players the opportunity to experience various quest lines and events inspired by the video game, as well as make decisions that will alter the current campaign. So it is a, a legacy-ish style game. Um, through uh, Though Skyrim, the board game, will be a co-op game. Players are allowed to pursue their own quest for treasure and glory with their rewards going to whoever completes the quiet required objectives first. Uh, you can also choose to perform selfless acts such as defending holds from monsters or embarking on side quests of specific character, for specific characters they meet along the way. This is a miniatures game, to be clear. Um, but they're also, Modifius, the studios doing this game, have also done uh, the Dishonored and Dune RPGs. Uh, so they have some video game backs backgrounding. They also did like the two um they did Elder Scrolls Call to Arms and Fallout Wasteland Warfare, which are also like are they're like miniatures warfare games, so they're not quite board game board games. Um but yeah, we do know this is coming. Finally we have a date. In fact by the time you listen to this you'll be able to back this game. So, do you have 
any interest in the Elder Scrolls. Actually, do you have interest in the Elder Scrolls Skyrim board game? And have you played the video game version of Skyrim? I have tried to play Skyrim. I can't even count how many times. Uh, Probably four. And I've never gotten longer than an hour or two into it. Yeah. I just, for whatever reason, I know that Skyrim is kind of one of those games that everyone, and I own it on like every system pretty much, it seems like. <laughs> uh, it just is never a game that has totally like got its hook in me. I, I wanted to like it because it seemed like a game that everyone was absolutely going gaga over. It just was never a game that really, even when I was trying to play it, super, super appealed to me. So, I haven't. I, I'm assuming you've played a lot of Skyrim. Yes, no. No, I, I also have tried to play Skyrim, um, but it had two strikes for me. One it is a uh, game where you can be over encumbered by items, and yeah. they and they also give you the ability to get too many items. and And I feel like I played so many RPGs that the last thing I want to do is. I've been able to pick up something and not have picked it up and need it three hours later. Yeah. Uh, and also, I killed a chicken in a town, and because I killed a chicken, the whole town murdered me. And I was like, that does well, not I mean, seem you, realistic. <laughs> you did kill their chicken. No, it was uh, a free-roaming so chicken. I'm still mad at Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, though. So, you said that this is a miniature game. Miniatures game. Like, yeah. If you're if the only miniatures though are like the heroes, does that really count as a miniatures game? No, you're I mean, I guess that's debatable. I think the bad guys are miniatures as well. Um, oh, are they? I think so. Uh you know, I could be wrong though. Oh, of course I'm trying to watch this video to see if they show the bad guys. I thought for <laughs> sure I saw a giant dragon miniature. Um, I mean maybe. That's very possible. I just know that There's uh, a lot on their very- of small yeah, there's uh skeleton miniatures and Oh, okay. And stuff like that. Maybe there's not giant dragons, but I think for me, when I think of a miniatures game, I just think of um, like a dungeon crawl. Things that people paint to play their games. So even yeah. Marvel United, I guess technically I would consider a miniatures game, even though mm-hmm. it's not. So that's probably just a me thing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, to answer your question, uh, I don't know. Like, it's cool that they're doing this. Uh, this is another situation where it's like, oh, you know, the buy-in price is, is pretty reasonable. But if you look at, like, the real, I think the real pledge level is the 140-pound one because that's the game plus the three expansions. So for me, I feel like that's kind of really the price is the 140, 140 pounds, which if 68 pounds is $95, I don't know what 140 pounds is. was probably way more <laughs> than that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I... I think it's cool that they're doing this. I, uh, I still yeah. love to see more and more video games coming to board games because I think there's a lot of really cool things that they can do. Um, for people who played Skyrim and love Skyrim, I think it's a really neat way to be able to to do this and to be able to um, experience a game they love in a world they love in a different way, which is awesome. Uh, I just don't think ultimately that this will be for me. Uh, Josh, what would have to happen for you to back Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, the adventure game? Well, I will say you're right. This isn't a proper miniatures game. I didn't. I didn't realize they had their their game found page up. So now I'm looking at that. So you're right. It's just miniature uh, hero miniatures. Um, 
So you, so I guess I wouldn't consider it a miniatures game. Maybe I considered it a miniatures game because of the price point to get in. Yeah, and maybe. I just assumed. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I don't know that they could get me into this. I really like to look at the map, um, but I don't like. I just don't know that I'm interested in the theme. Consider, and especially considering how many other board games are out there that I would rather. Like for ninety five bucks, I could probably can uh, I could probably convince myself to get too many bones instead and just spend the extra thirty bucks at this point, like a game I know I want to try. Um that has been out for a while. Uh so I don't I don't know. I I do see that they have previously done or or are doing the Thunderbirds board game, Kung Fu Panda the board game. Uh, we talked about this previously. Spectre, the 007 board game, where you play right. the villains, hasn't come out yet. Um, Fallout Wasteland Warfare, which I have and have tried to play, and is not not good, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> and then the Elder Scrolls Call to Arms, plus um, some RPGs like Star Trek Adventures, Dune, Fallout Three, and Dishonored. Uh, so they have a great pedigree for like at least IPs handling IPs. Uh, but I don't know that, especially at ninety five. To get in, I don't think that I could get in on this one. That's too much. Yeah, I hear you there. Yeah. Nope, I hear you there. I hear you there. Uh, anything else about Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, the board game? Well, I know we have a lot of listeners who love Skyrim and a lot of people on our Discord who love Skyrim. So uh, maybe this is the game that if you haven't jumped into the board game area, like industry yet, maybe this is the one for you. I don't know. But yeah. uh, e- even for collectors. Played. Yeah, huh? it can't be played solo. And it says it has hundreds of hours of gameplay. So yeah. I'm not saying I don't think it's worth the price. It just, for a game that I'm not wild about, uh, oh, it, yeah. it'd be tough for me to for me to spend that amount of money. So Sure, agreed. It's not worth the price for me, but it definitely has enough content to be worth the price. Yeah. Uh, real quick side note, uh, speaking of a Kickstarter, Josh, uh, for Foundations of Rome, yes. did you get the Game Topper playmat? I did, did you not. add that onto your order? No. Uh, I did. Is that it what you arrived. got had, they came out? To- <laughs> that was the thing. Yeah, that was the thing that arrived, That my random like notification. So I have the Game Topper playmat for Foundations of Rome, but I don't have the board game yet. Josh, this thing is huge. I was going to say, it must be huge, play right? Game. <laughs> yeah, it's three by five, which in my mind, I, I knew. But when I put it on my table, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is massive. This is so overproduced that it's like amazing and horrible all at the same time. Like I can't wait for this game. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. But I was like, oh gosh, this is like the definition we're, of an overproduced game in all the best ways. We're all gonna be let down. Ways. We're both gonna be let down. We're gonna be like, this game. Yeah, you're because you you said it overproduced. I really I'm really worried that it's gonna be so overproduced that it washes out how good or bad the game is. I ha- I have faith. Um, that is going to well, be great. So. I just got my email that Total Con is coming back in February, so I'm going to email Emerson and see if he's going to be back in town. Uh, yeah, so. and hopefully, and actually, by then, theoretically, we could have played Foundations of Rome by then. And he should uh, have already been a guest on our on the show because he did say he would be coming back soon, and I will be emailing him this month about that. All right. Well, Josh, my first topic this week uh, is looking at 
the two months left in 2021, right? We're getting yes. to the end here. You know, realistically, a solid six or so weeks more of podcast recording and all that <laughs> good stuff before we try to usually bank a couple episodes so we can take a little bit of a break at the end of the year, but still get a, a podcast out every week. Yeah. Um. So, Josh, you know, as we start thinking now about like game of the year discussion and all that good stuff, uh, <laughs> do you have any goals kind of for like what you want to accomplish still this year from a gameplay perspective, both board games, video games, like what does your backlog look like? What do you want to make sure you get played? Like, where are you sitting here for this end of the year? How are you feeling about it? I have no current concept of time. Uh, in fact, I was just <laughs> talking about it today, about how I have no concept of time. Um, I have been thinking about our best of top games of the year, and I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do this, because I don't even remember what came out this year. And I don't remember how much I played of what, and what I played of who and how I played of what. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm so... I'm going to have to do more work. I'm going to have to do more research this year than on, and any other year we've done this is because I just don't remember this year. Um, maybe my brain's slowly dying or maybe time has stopped working. <laughs> I don't Josh, know. Josh, you want to hear something? Yes, that please. helped me put the year in perspective. <laughs> yeah, Outriders. That game that came out this year. Yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> you know what is more depressing about that? I didn't put nearly as much time into that game as I wanted to. Yeah, I was so excited no, I, about I that game. And yeah. actually, the game isn't bad. I just didn't no. put enough time into it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, it's so weird, and and I don't I don't know what my backlog looks like for board games it's all over the place like i just saw yeah. my local flgs got seven wonders architects in stock um so i'm definitely buying that soon in fact i might buy it before extra life because i told kevin i'd bring a couple board games for us to play at extra life uh, or at least the night before or in, or in the hotel room and that might be a great opportunity to do that but i could look to my left here and i can see 10 board games that i haven't played yet that i want to um, ranging from The Goonies to Strike, which is an old game that I have never played. And in fact, Kyle, Strike is still in the shrink wrap. It is the only game in this room that is still in the Josh. shrink wrap. <laughs> and I don't know how that happened. Um, I have Atlantis Rising. I have Horrified American Monsters. I have so many games I want to play board game-wise. Uh in fact, last night I was trying to convince my wife to play a board game and she just didn't want to. So then I'm like, well, oh, this okay. is going to be even harder to do because we didn't have anything going on. Because <laughs> uh, I wanted to play Rolling Realms, which is a game I have that from the Stonemaier games game that's just sitting there too. So for board game-wise, I'm just going to be happy to play more games. I don't have a mm -hmm. list before the year ends, backlog-wise. Um... For video games, I really feel like I have to play, is it Death's Door? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I think I have to play that based off of what everyone's been saying about it. Um, I don't think I can sleep on that one. Um, I'm excited to play Forza. I wish I could play Halo, but we all know it's going to get delayed until February. Um, do you really think it's going to get delayed still? I do really think it's going to get delayed still. Okay, okay. <laughs> I feel like we're uh, close enough now that I think it's I think it's happening. I know we're only a couple of weeks out, but I wouldn't be surprised. 
Uh, if it does come out, Halo is definitely, you know, in that backlog. Um, I would love to play more Riders Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard great things about the Mario Party game. I would like to, I wouldn't mind playing that, but I wouldn't yeah. cross, I wouldn't hold my breath. Um, and I think maybe Resident Evil 4 VR is probably a big one for me that I want to play. Uh, what about you? Oh gosh, Josh. This so is your question. You should much. have the answer. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, for, from the board game perspective, I, I actually just got, um, there was a game I was going to back on Kickstarter and didn't end up backing. And then, um, one of my partners, uh, one of the people she supervises know, they know that we're a really big board game people. Um, and this game was actually, um, done by people from my alma mater. Oh. Uh, so they backed a co- they backed it for us and sent us the copy. Um, really? The game called Cultivate. Yeah. So that was very, very kind of them. Um, but the game's called Cultivate. Um, and you compete as a satirical cult leader to recruit followers <laughs> and fulfill your evil agenda. Nice. Uh, so that game actually just, we just got that this week. And I was hoping to have it played by today. Um, but hopefully, if not, I'll have it played by next week. But my goal is in November, December to play at least three new games each okay. month. Three games in November, three games in December. Uh, just because we, I mean, honestly, like I haven't talked a lot about board games because we just keep playing Sleeping Gods because we're just loving that game so much. Like that game yeah. legitimately is probably one of my top five favorite board games of all time at this point. Um, so it, it's not that we haven't been playing any. It's just that we keep playing Sleeping Gods. And I'm like, well, I don't know that the listeners want to keep hearing about that game. Uh, but with the holidays coming up, we typically take some time off to just play board games and do that stuff. So with no uh, new Pandemic Legacy game to play over Thanksgiving like we <laughs> typically do. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we can get some other games done. So that's really what my board game goal is, is three new games in November, three new games in December. From a video game perspective, Josh, there's so many games to, that yeah. I kind of want to play prior to the end of the year, but there's just no way it's going to happen. I want to get back to Returnal now that they've done the update to see kind yes. of how that you know, save state basically that they have kind of put in their works. I still haven't played Resident Evil Village, uh, which is a game I really don't want worry. To it's going to be your homework next week. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, I guess there's that. <laughs> spoilers. <then>. I, <laughs> spoilers. Uh, just like, you know, Death Store, a game I still want to play. Uh, but when you just look at September, then starting with the games that came out, you know, this month or this last couple months here like i haven't played finished life is strange true colors i haven't finished far cry 6 i still am playing guardians of the galaxy still want to play riders republic um still want to play tales of arise and there's still stuff coming in the future kind of like you talked about like death door coming to playstation now i'm still playing metroid dread which i i think i'm close ish maybe to finishing um have halo coming out in december like i don't know how this is going to work because I really felt like I wasn't play. Oh, and still have Deathloop to play. Like so many <laughs> stupid games left to play, and I don't know how this is all going to get done. So I do think doing like favorites of the year is going to be a little bit interesting because there are so many games that I have played a little bit of that I really like, but I have finished. I think I have finished fewer games this year than any year in the last three years. Like I just. I'm playing a little bit of so many things, but finishing very, very few. So my goal is, and my focus is, is to actually try to finish some darn games as we get to the end of the year here. I haven't even finished Fist yet, and I really like that game too. Do you feel so. like we? Do you feel like we feel a pressure to play all these new games to talk about them, or do you think we? Uh, do, like, do you think if we didn't do a podcast, we would be playing as many of these games as we are? 
here's what I can say is from prior to my podcasting days, which at this point seems like forever ago because I've been, yeah. we've been doing PSVG stuff for so long at this point. I still had the pro- like I still had a huge backlog. I still would start games and stop. I mean, it, I think maybe it's added a couple games to the list, but overall, like I am just still someone who really liked being up on the zeitgeist and being able to go to forums and talk about games and you know having the experiences. So. I think it might be slightly different, but I don't think it'd be drastically different from where I am right now. What about you? Do you think it'd be really different for you? I don't know. Some, I mean, I think for us doing game share now, I think that I at least have access to twice as many games as I used to. Uh, whether yeah. I play them or not, I think might be the, the challenge, right? Like, uh, And I don't know if you feel the same way, but I at least feel an obligation to play a game that you buy whether I was interested in it or not, even if I want to continue playing it, like Fist and Tales of Rise are good examples of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I told my wife, like, because I was in bed one night and I had them all installed, and I was like, hey, Kyle bought like three games this weekend, and I got to at least try them. But the problem was, I liked all of them. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, but those are games that I would not have bought otherwise, right? So I'm also grateful for that experience as well. But I do think right. it does affect my. Um, games played, but also I've I'm also like like very ADD about my video game playing, and I think before I started podcasting, uh, compared to now, I've finished way more games than I ever would have finished previously because I am the type of person mm. who plays five hours of a game and then just not quits, but just doesn't get back to them because something else came out. So. I still do think I like struggle with that a little bit, but I think I'm also more, I'm motivated to, um, and, and through you, um, I'm motivated to finish games more than I used to, um, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It is a good thing. Uh, one thing that was very interesting is as we were talking, uh, my game pass on PC updated. Um, and the Forgotten City, Josh, uh, that I we talked about is now is is on there. But also, yeah. Age of Empires is now showing up, and there's even like there a whole go. new like separate added banner thing. Because I actually was going to try Age of Empires because it's not a game that I would typically you play. should try it. Not a game, you know. But now I can try it. Right, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I and I I do feel that obligation like when you buy games too to like try to make sure I play them. Resident Evil Eight is the one I haven't only because I know I'm going to eventually. Right, it's right. not like a. I don't know if I'm going to like this. It's like, I am going to play this game. It's just a matter of when am I going to play it to get it in there. But typically, um, yeah, when you buy games, I'm like, well, got to download this and give it a shot at least and see how this goes. So Agreed. But um, but I'm with you. Uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting end of the year. Um, we'll probably have to think about how we want to do kind of game of the year stuff. Because <laughs> uh, there have been some great games this year. I've had a lot of fun, actually. Like, more fun than I anticipated this year was going to be. Uh, but I think ending the year is going to be tough because Solar Ash is still coming out. You know, there's ugh, there's so much stuff still on the horizon even. But um, are you going to buy, uh, are you planning to buy uh, the, either of the new, uh, po- or not the new, but the remakes of the Pokemon <laughs> games? No, um, I'm not getting the new, the remakes, but I, I am 100% in getting, uh, 100% getting that, that Pokemon uh, art. Arceus or Arceus or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Well, whether I buy it for myself or I buy it for my wife, like this household will own it because I actually am really 
intrigued by an open world Pokemon game. I think that makes soup like it makes total sense for Pokemon. Well, but keep in mind it's not total open world. It's like well, Monster Hunter open world. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, open worldish, which is probably better for me because I don't like open world games. <laughs> In general, yeah, <laughs> true, true. So, yeah, actually, because I was thinking about it and I was like trying to debate whether I should get one because I've never actually played like a legit Pokemon game. Yeah, uh, but I might just wait till Arceus and might maybe you have should that try to jump. grab a used copy of um let's go eevee or let's go pikachu if you want to try to That's play a, idea, actually. Uh, a pokemon game because i watch uh i watch my wife play it but also it has co-op so if you have another joy con you can play with your partner uh and or i and could just set it down and let it drift and it could just take them wherever <laughs> well uh <laughs> apparently gamestop is taking in drifted joy cons they'll, oh, they'll give you 22 bucks trading Dang, card. okay yeah which is what i'm gonna do uh because i have like five drifting joy cons right now but yeah i was <laughs> but able to i was able to play um with my wife on a separate joy con um which was a lot of fun for me because i didn't have any real responsibilities when i played with her um but it looks real good it's it's a real looking good looking game and i bet based off of what i saw today where animal crossing used this 10 bucks at gamestop uh, not anymore. That was a mistake. How was it? Because that was a yeah, crazy that was a price. Mistake. Uh, I yeah. can't. You got to be able to get like Let's Go Eevee at a, or Pikachu at a, at a pretty low price. Yeah, they had a whole bunch of it. mispriced items. That one being one of the more drastic ones because it was supposed to be like fifty four ninety nine. Oh, that's a big. <laughs> yeah, it was really really bad. Yeah, <laughs> that was it was a big oops. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anything else said about uh, ending the year here, Josh, and how you're going to end the year strong? I'm going to end the year strong by participating in Extra Life, where I stream next Saturday for 24 hours, and I keep thinking about how much I'm going to hate myself at the end of the night, but it's for a great cause. So, uh, yeah, that's how I'm going to end my year out strong. <laughs> so, Josh, if people wanted to support you participating in Extra Life, how could they do that? Oh, what a what a... A uh, weird time to promote this, but let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, if you if you just want to go to my Twitch, uh, my Twitch, my Twitter, and go to at Josh Bones, my pinned tweet is my extra life page. Again, I've already hit my goal, but um, if you want to donate, currently you can just donate, or if you want to donate for one of my, we'll call them stretch goals. If you donate fifty bucks, it means you can pick any game on Game Pass. And I will stream it for one hour. And if I get my button to gear tomorrow, which is Monday, which is yesterday for you, if you're listening to this on release day, I'll be putting out a new tier of stretch goals where I will um, most likely be uh, putting up some games as a raffle prize for a certain donation. I haven't made up my mind yet on what I want to do, but... Uh, keep your eyes peeled, and I'll I'll make sure to post it on our social medias and Discord too, so you can see. But um, any extra money donated to them is great. In fact, Boston Children's Hospital sent me a very nice care package that I did not expect, with a bunch of cool swag um, to bring to Extra Life with me, um, and that was very nice of them as well. So I'll share a picture of that stuff as well on Twitter. Awesome. All right, Josh, what's your second topic then this week? My second topic is, well, 
Kyle, have you ever wondered who would win in a fight between Gandalf and Batman? No. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> uh, so Warner Brothers uh, Media, who are the people who publish Mortal Kombat. Please do not think that this is Mortal Kombat. Although Ed Boon is kind of the uh, inspiration for at least one of these characters, perhaps even the whole game, uh, <laughs> is Warner Brothers Media is releasing a Smash Brothers style game uh, called Multiverses. Uh, I don't even want to say it's a leak anymore because it's uh, it's pretty much confirmed, but it was initially initially reported as a leak, and then. As quickly as that was reported, pictures started dropping and more. So, multiverses, which uh, I, okay, so I haven't seen Space Jam, A New Legacy, but whenever I hear about this game, I think of the marketing for Space Jam, A New Legacy, where they just put in every character from Warner Brothers into the background of a <laughs> basketball game. Now they're right. doing it in a fighting game. Uh, they haven't announced it yet, but I unfortunately has suffered a number of leaks in the last week, including details of playable characters and even a portion of the game's character select screen. Now, images that show stages have leaked uh, over Discord. Um, we have images that appear to confirm the Treehouse from Adventure Time and the Get Shrifty concert stage from Rick and Morty. Um, so... So far, what we have seen from characters, we're going to see Scooby-Doo, um, sorry, Scooby-Doo's Shaggy, probably Scooby-Doo also, uh, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, Tom and Jerry, Flood Flintstone, Mad Max, Johnny Bravo, um, Bugs Bunny, Batman, Steven Universe, Harley Quinn, Finn and Jake from Adventure Time, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Rick from Rick and Morty, um, I said, and I said Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry. Uh, we also have uh, some insight that Arya from Game of Thrones is going to be included. So Arya Stark may also be able to fight Gandalf. Um, but it is, in fact, a game that uh, I would say combines the animation style of the Nickelodeon game that just came out Um and the battle style of the Nickelodeon game that just came out, and Smash Brothers. So it should be interesting to see what happens with this. So I refer back to my question to you, Kyle. Um, do we need this? I mean, uh, do we really need any game, right, Josh? Uh, this is not yes, something that is we do need some games. <laughs> okay. This is not something that is interesting to me in any way, shape, or form. I, yeah, I just am not interested in this. Like, I understand when you take something like video games, like Smash Brothers, and you take video game characters who fight each other, fight things constantly um, in a video game form, and put them into a video game together to fight each other. That, to me, makes sense. Yeah. This does not make sense to me. <laughs> like, I, I, I just don't know how you possibly... Uh, but also like who maybe it's going to be great you know i who knows i don't even know what the situation would have to be to get me to play this though like i can't put myself into a situation where i'd be like yes i want to jump into warner brothers multiverses and play again and play 
as Gandalf or play as Scooby Doo. Or like I, I even though I love Scooby Doo. Yeah. I don't know where when I would ever play this. Josh, what about you? Is this something that you I know you're a fighting game <laughs> fan more than I am. I am. Are you into this game? Do you want to play this game? Well, I am a fighting game fan and it's kind of speaks to how I'm always excited about a Smash Brothers game and never fulfilled by a Smash Brothers game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like this is the same thing. Like, I buy Smash Brothers because I have a Switch, right? And because I know it's the only platform I can play it on. And I never get to play with anybody because no one is ever available to play. So I end up just playing Smash solo. And all I do is just try to unlock every character. And then I'm done, right? I'm like, why did I do this? This is so unfun solo. And every And it's the same problem. When a game is announced... Everyone in the world wants to sign up to play together. And then when it comes to time, no one's available to do it. So I feel like <laughs> um, like the Nickelodeon game, right? Ren and Simpy, Potted Toast Man, Ninja Turtles. Like I'm like, oh man, how cool would that be? That sounds like a lot of fun. But I don't know anyone who's playing it, and I don't want to spend 40 to 60 bucks for it. So right. the rumor for this game is it could be free to play. Yeah. Uh, and then add um, future fighters such as Basque NBA star LeBron James as paid DLC. <laughs> so do you think if this game came out free, would you play it free? Or is Probably this like not. just off of the charts, not interested? There's a lot of free games that I don't play. Like, if we got together one night and had some people get together to play it, like, would I say no? Like, I'm not absolutely not going to play it. I mean, no, I would. I would still jump in, but right. I don't know. This isn't. Some, there's a ton of games that are already free that I don't play, right? So, and there's nothing about this one that is particularly grabbing to me. Yeah. Um. So, it, I I think the best chance for this game to be successful is if it's free. Sure. You know, and and something like I think because I think Brawlhall is free to play. I think it is, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's something in that model I could see potentially working, but yeah, there's just not not a lot here that would make me want to play it. Uh, do you think that this was intended to be a game awards announcement? Oh yeah, for sure. It has to be because there's nothing else coming up between right. now and the end of the year. Um, I honestly I don't understand what the problem is with video games leaking. This they used to have this so controlled. I know, and everything gets leaked now, and and, and to it the does. point where there were thought rumors and thoughts that pay, people were like controlling the leaks and leaking them on purpose. And there's no way that that's even possible now. Stuff just gets leaked. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and I, why? <laughs> I mean, there are. I, well, I think more than ever now. Like, because if you think about it, it used to be like. Jason Schreier used to be the person who like would leak stuff. Yeah, right? and now it's Jeff Grubb, right? But they give them that information knowing it will get released. Yeah, like, and I think it's more than Jeff Grubb though. There is like a whole like culture now around leaks and people who leak yeah. and and having like a reputation of being like an insider or a leaker. And I think that's just grown over time. Like we want to have the information. And I think. It comes from a place of excitement, right? Like you're excited about this thing, like you love video games and you really want to know what's next. But as we've talked about, I think so often we get into that, we forget about enjoying what we have right now. 
Yeah. You know, we always make the joke about like the Nintendo Direct that as soon as the Nintendo Direct is announced, um, the speculation about when the next one is going to be starts before the, that one even happens, right? Like we always are looking to the future, to the future, to the future, and not taking the time to be like, hey, what we have right now is pretty great in and of itself. So, um, and you know, like I said, I. I don't want to poop poop on this game too much because I'm sure there's going to be people who are going to love it. It just really isn't for me and not something that I get excited about. But I hope that there, or I have no doubts that there are some people someplace that are really excited and, and want to jump into this game. And I hope it's great. Um, just not something that I'm looking forward to. So I hear you. And I agree with you. Anything else about uh, this new, likely Warner Brothers multiverses game? Gandalf beats everybody. Why are you doing this? I know this, that Warner was Brothers? Too. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why this is a fight. Like, so yeah, cool. All right, Josh. So my final topic is PlayStation announced a state of play, yeah. um, and a third-party focused state of play. In fact, <laughs> yeah. And we'll say that you know, being cr- kind, that reactions to the state of play were mixed. I think that's the kind way to put it. Yeah, um, that sounds right. But Josh. Uh, did you check out this state of play? What were your thoughts on it? Anything that stood out? There wasn't, I think about 10, there was about 10 games talked about, so we can talk about the list of them briefly, but like, was there anything, A, did you watch it? B, overall thoughts on it? I did watch it. I really do think like these ones, they should just call them under state of play (laughs) because it's just kind of like setting people's expectations. Like, Hey, we got a state of play, but they just put under in parentheses. Like, (laughs) Just don't get your hopes up kind of thing. Well, <laughs> and maybe maybe I'm wrong about this. I don't know. Because they're like, hey, we're doing a state of play. It's a third party only state of play. And know, just so you, you know, like be prepared that we're going to gonna basically re-reveal or give an update on Little Devil Inside. Like the fact that that was like that the was big a thing weird that they mentioned. Tease. Because they didn't show anything. They just showed a little kid handing a note to somebody. <laughs> well, right. But what teaser. I'm saying is the fact that. The fact that that was the game that they chose to highlight being there, yeah. I think should have set everyone's expectations for what we were about to see. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think a state of play has a certain, um, pardon the vocabulary, gravitas to it. Like, I really think that they don't, they do it so infrequently that you feel like you're getting something that they've been holding out uh, on. And I know that's not the case. We've certainly seen state of plays this year that have let people down, but I just, it's kind of like a Nintendo Direct. Uh, everyone has the highest of expectations. I really wish they just would be like, hey, chill out. <laughs> Before you release this, just go have a drink and sit down on your couch well, and shut up. <laughs> I mean, yes, I agree with you. What can't you can't blame them for it. You can't blame them for it. They can't control the hype. I get that. Yeah, but that's the. And I think they try to. Like, I do think that PlayStation, and I think Nintendo does this too. PlayStation really tried this to be like, hey, third party only, 20 minutes. Like, hey, here's a game we're going to be highlighting to give you, I think, yeah. a temperature check of like what stuff that's going to be there. But like, people were like, this is it. We're going to see Final Fantasy 16. I was like, what right. are you thinking? <laughs> what? No, we're not. But anyway, I think it, Josh, it's what it's were a your good thoughts? problem to have, though, because people have such high expectations for them. So that's yeah, actually a good problem to have. It is. It is. But yeah, this was a big old giant letdown compared to the expectations of what it was going to be. Uh, not to say. Do you really have high expectations for this? I always have high expectations for state of place. I do. Okay. And that's just built in. 
Um, so what do you what did you want to ask me about the show that I have standouts or what? what was your question? Was there anything that you're? I mean, yeah. Was there anything that stood out? Anything you're interested in? What were your thoughts overall? I mean, I've I I went the gamut, right? I went from games I didn't know were a thing to games I was excited about to games that look weird as f uh, to games that I have no interest in. <laughs> I was all over the place. Right. I guess here's my other so yeah I was there like what were the games though that were then most interesting to you of everything okay so most interesting to me uh, I think we can probably start I already talked about that story right um Kart yeah. Rider Drift still interesting to me I don't know what happened to this game uh it was supposed to be out already as far as I remember yeah yeah. So, and that was supposed to be like, like a beta that people were able to participate, and I never got invited to. So I just assumed they never did it. I still think it looks yeah, interesting. Yeah, the beta is coming in December. Yeah, it's a little late. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be competing with Mario Kart Nine by the point by the time they come out. I <laughs> mean, um, in that case, I'm not getting this versus that. Um, I, I'm interested in King of Fighters, but King of Fighters was never my fighting game. But I do like that this is still going at 15. Um, which is not as many Street Fighters, but at least higher number than the Street Fighters. <laughs> uh, first, first Class Travel has always interested me. Um, this has been out for a little bit on PC. It is basically Bioshock meets Among Us. I I would yeah. love to play this with a group of people. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm very glad it's coming to PlayStation Plus because that means I have a higher effort like likelihood to play with other people although it just seems that me and you are the only people in our discord who actually play playstation games cooperatively yeah, so who knows um star ocean i love star ocean i loved star ocean i should say i haven't played a star ocean in a minute um but i'm excited to see that there's a new one and i don't know what the heck little devil inside is but uh I guess I got a side on the uh, more curious than interested column for that one. <laughs> okay. And and what the heck is Deathverse? I have no interest in playing that game. <laughs> yeah, so Deathverse is the follow-up to Let It Die, uh, which was a free-to-play oh, game on PlayStation 4, I uh, which it. actually was really popular. Like, Let yeah, It Die actually still did very, that. very well. Yeah, so uh, I, I think that's kind of... A pretty niche game, but one that I think there is a, an audience for. It definitely isn't me. I'm not interested in it either, but it, it's not surprising to see it here because, like I said, Let It Die, I think, did surprisingly well on PlayStation 4. Um, I thought the trailer for We Are OFK was pretty great. <laughs> like, it was funny, but that's I, all I got from it. Yeah, like, I don't really know if I know totally Should what the game is going to be Should we talk about State of yet? Play? What a weird name. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought it was pretty good. Uh, so again, I don't know if that game is going to be any good. Uh, but it, you know, it does um, have like the code designer of Hyperlight Drifter working on yes. it. Like, so there's some you know some talent there. But uh, and come on, the Isle of Big Snacks. Nothing about that was exciting to you. More like no snacks, thank you. <laughs> Just say bug snacks. I thought bug snack. I you know bug snacks is still super adorable. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's security breach. That game can just go away. I, I don't understand. Like, what who the cares anymore? Five Nights at Freddy's is. <laughs> that yeah, game looks uh, that's terrible. something that I don't understand. Um, but 
Death Door, definitely interested in a game that I've been meaning to play this year, just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, Kart Rider Drift, not something I'm interested in. King of Fighters 15, not something I'm interested in. Uh, I didn't think First Class Trouble looked interesting. The fact that it's a PlayStation Plus game means I might actually give it a try. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, social deduction games, especially on the tabletop, I really enjoy. Uh, but but I've never played too many of them in a video game form, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um I think Star Ocean looked good. I have no idea if the game's going to be any good. I know the last Star Ocean was not. Um, I don't think people really dug the last one, so yeah. hopefully this is a change of course. Uh, but then Little Devil Inside, for me, actually I thought looked pretty interesting, which is still, I think, the best thing you can say for the game is it really is going in a different direction <laughs> and unique yeah. and and different, and I, I like that. And <clears throat> I think one of the things that was a little bit frustrating about this state of play is that people talk about how PlayStation doesn't support, like, small unique different games and then they do a state of play of basically almost all small <laughs> unique different games and then yeah. everyone says it sucks you know so it's like well okay and you're right maybe they need to call it something different maybe they have to figure out a different way to set expectations but also i don't know how you are like hey we're gonna do the state of play and then but don't be too excited about it but hey publishing partners that we're putting in this state of play we really care about you you know like how do you balance that <laughs> they gotta do more state of plays that's that will balance that they got to do more. And, and I would agree. I, I think if they, they do those, I, w- I would agree. We 100%. saw four state of plays this year with each individual one had the same death loop content. So they can certainly do more state of plays and they just could. do could. more content of indie games. Well, and I do think if they continue with, because obviously like the big show that they did a month or so ago was the PlayStation Showcase. Yes. PlayStation so they go that Showcase, direction. Yeah. 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 So if they go that direction to have showcases now for like the really big things, yeah, um, or those really big shows, and then continue to do state of plays for either deep dives into like maybe bigger games, but like those, you know, when they did the Horizon deep dive and things like that, I think that could be a good balance. Yeah, like but they two need months to out of a game release. Yeah. Yeah. So they need, but yeah, I just think they need to do more, kind of like you were saying, to kind of balance that out. So overall, like I thought it was fine. Like I didn't it think was it was fine, great, yeah. but I didn't think it was horrible. Like I think it was totally fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that, you know, pretending what your expectations were, <laughs> like when you're like Final Fantasy 16, I was like, oh boy, that person's going to be let down. Uh, so yes, and, or and Uncharted 5 so. or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah you got right. to chill out on the expectations. Do you think so? There's big rumors of a uh, play another PlayStation, like a bigger show at the end of the year in December. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's going to happen? Uh, not based on their releases of state of play is i would say no but i mean i wouldn't rule anything out yeah i i think since i think and correct me if i'm wrong but xbox has pretty much said that they're not doing any of their individual shows for the rest of the year right like that probably will have stuff at the game awards but i don't think they're doing anything big remaining um so i don't think that playstation will do anything big still this year they could obviously we supposedly we're going to still see more stuff about psvr 2 this year still and that hasn't happened yet but maybe that easily gets pushed to 2022 well so they have to be tactical because we're we're like moments away from the new oculus quest announcement so if playstation wants to play there it sounds like it i've seen a bunch of leaks about the new headset so it sounds like we're gonna see the new quest pro um and i would imagine playstation would want to get not ahead of it but be like even just to get the hardware out there to show people what they're looking at. Cause some, there's a lot of people who are going to make a decision on VR for next year. Now ish. 
And if PlayStation can get out at the same time or ahead of the place, uh, the, the Facebook or the Meta um, VR announcement, like it would be in their best interest to do that. So maybe maybe we'll see something for PSVR too. But I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, if you if you Google like Quest Pro, you'll see some pretty impressive looking gear that's coming out. <laughs> Makes me I'm like, hey, I just bought a freaking Quest Two, and now you're gonna yeah. tell me the Quest Pro is coming out. <laughs> yeah, I knew there was stuff, but I th- I thought most of what I had seen had indicated that if it wasn't announced at the big uh, Facebook rebranding stuff that they just yeah. did, that it might be pushed to 2022 for the announcement. So, but sure, we'll that's see. definitely I mean, possible. Things- yeah. Yeah, things happen all the time, so who knows? But with that, uh, we're going to you know move towards wrapping the show up here, which means it's prediction time. Yeah. Obviously, we record on Sunday and post on Tuesday. So without fail, you know, big news typically happens on Monday. Um, and we want to kind of take a stab at what we think that big news might be. So, Josh, what is your prediction? I'm still holding on to that Halo gets delayed thing. Um I don't want it to be, but I really feel like they showed us their game, some campaign, which we didn't talk about yeah. today. Um, we didn't. But I feel like that's like the olive branch. And now they're going to be like, we have a slight delay. We want to make sure this game comes out. Um, And maybe they do it with co-op. And they're like, oh, we heard, we heard you crack. We heard, we heard you collectively. We know you want co-op campaign. So we're deciding to release the multiplayer only and that and then we're going to delay uh the full release of the game until january february q1 2022 do you really think that that's how like that co-op will come that quickly though i think that i really truly think releasing halo infinite without co-op campaign is the biggest mistake xbox will make um in the pat in the current and including the five years of its generation. Like you okay. cannot do this. Halo <laughs> multiplayer is fine, right? They say Halo multiplayer is free for everybody. That's fine. Put that right. out there. We've already seen you can do that standalone because you did yep. the, the beta. Delay the campaign until you can make it co-op. Just do it. People will be fine. I really think that they have to do it. So I'm just gonna bet that they do it. <laughs> uh my then i'm just gonna stick with my recent one too because you know this is even sooner and maybe there's something that says this has already gone gold so i'm wrong but uh battlefield 2042 is gonna be delayed that's also a good bet that's a good bet it's november 19th it's supposed to come out i just don't think it's happening you know what i just really what i just realized josh call of duty vanguard comes out this week this friday yeah goodness gracious (laughs) okay where has where has time gone uh, anyway, with that, we're going to move towards uh, <laughs> wrapping the show up even further uh, with our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're clearly a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Okay, so I don't know if I've talked about this in the past or recommended it in the past, but on Disney Plus, there is a series called Assembled. And what Assembled is, it is behind the scenes and all of the Disney plus Marvel shows. Um, it started with WandaVision and then, um, uh, Falcon and winter soldier and then Loki. And then it just in the past week added black widow and what if, 
They're typically about an hour long, and they really do get into uh, all of the behind-the-scenes stuff on how these shows came together and how they made them work. Uh, my favorite so far was probably the Loki one because it's narrated by... Um, I almost said Thomas Middleditch, and that is a canceled celebrity. <laughs> uh, it is narrated by uh, Loki himself, Tom Hiddleston. Um, and then I just watched the Black Widow making of, and it is f- fascinating. And they cover so much um, from the casting of Florence Pugh to the story they wanted to tell with Black Widow and like the consummate professionalism of Scarlett Johansson. Um, a lot of stuff you might be surprised to learn. Uh, and it, it's just, it was just fantastic. And, and I'm the type of person who really likes the behind the scenes stuff on films, especially films I enjoy. Uh, so um, I'm really excited to, to watch the what if one, but also like the WandaVision one, they really show you how they made these practical effects for these early sitcoms and stuff and the right. and how they get into all that. So uh, if that's stuff that you like, it's I think it's absolutely fascinating and a fun watch, uh, especially if you're the type of person who wants to go see movies like Shang-Chi or The Eternals and they don't want to watch the Disney Plus shows. They're building such... Um, an important uh, backstory to phase four that you kind of need to see these shows to understand Mm -hmm. the new movies. So if you don't want to watch the shows assembled is the best way for you to get a bite size um, bit of background information before you move forward. Awesome. All right. So that is assembled on Disney plus speaking of Disney plus Josh, I'm a little behind the times, but I finally watched black widow. Awesome. And what did you think? It was pre- it was pretty swell. I really enjoyed <laughs> it overall. Um, and what you know, speaking of which, that uh, you're just talking about, uh, Florence Pugh like carries that movie. She's so good, and I'm so glad she's she going to be sticking so, around. She is so so good in it as Yelena Belova. Like her, oh my gosh, she's so dang good in this movie. And she's um, going to be in Hawkeye. It's really, I know, which is exciting. exciting. (laughs) So, yeah, so she's great in it. Um, It is a really, I think, I don't know, I guess, whether people liked Black Widow. I don't know what the general reception of it was, Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I thought overall it was a pretty solid story. Uh, I I liked, I think the cast was really good um, and well done. I think it had some interesting uh, ways it approached some of the the content that they were trying to cover. Um, and overall, really liked it. So for me, uh, if you haven't seen Black Widow yet, because you didn't pay for it or anything like that, uh, you know, and if you were a little, didn't know if you wanted to support it because Scarlett Johansson didn't think she had gotten paid enough. Well, they figured <laughs> that out now. And that's all taken care yeah. of. They agreed on stuff there. And they both are Disney and her are now doing other stuff together because they both like money. Uh, so, you know, but yeah. yeah, really, really enjoyed Black Widow. So 79% critics, 91% audience. Okay, there we go. So that's what I, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash boardwithfiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. 
we tag our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji. So please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. Uh, you can find me at Why So Serious on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam. That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Cyclocross, C Y C O C R O S S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.